morning, and man, thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for your giving. Thank you for investing at Family Life Fellowship. And just want to read a, a note that we received uh, Coyote, from Coyote Hill. It says, FLF, your amazing church has been a blessing to our foster care program since we first started. Thank you so much for opening up your space up for all of us. Love, Coyote Hill. Give yourselves a great big hand clap because your giving allowed that to happen. And, and that's investing in us and investing in each other to invest in, in people's lives. And, and one of the ways that we can invest in you is to be able to make sure that we provide you an opportunity to make your life from good to great, from greater to greater, from best to bestest, to whatever it is in your life. And so I want to encourage you that, that we are hosting the Your Marriage Matters. This is the last day to sign up because we have to order some things and get things prepared. And so we want to invest in you. And that's what I tell people. I said, you know, your marriage may be great, but your marriage can be greater. And so we encourage you to sign up. Afterwards, Daryl and Tracy Strawberry will be here imparting for a couple of hours into your marriage. We've got an incredible night plan, door prizes, just lots and lots of fun. Amen? Well, I was reading this story, and it's Super Bowl Sunday, and, and Tom Brady, after living a full life, died, and he went to heaven. And uh, as he got to heaven... He, he got through the pearly gates, and God met him because, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. And he said, Tom, I want to personally escort you up to the, to the home that I've prepared for you. And, and they began walking down the streets of gold, and suddenly they, they came up to this hill. And, and God said, Tom, I have a special place. Your house is built upon this hill. Only special people get to come up onto this hill. And Tom was beaming with pride. And so they walk up, and as they walk up to the house, it's a, it's a modest ranch-style type house. It's got Tom jersey on the front door it's got a, a small patriot flag in the front yard and and as Tom is walking up the hill he notices just a couple houses down there's this like three-story mansion that is 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 just humongous it's got a like a 50-foot Kansas City Chiefs flag in the front yard the, the the driveway is red the sidewalks going through it is gold in every window there's a KC Chiefs logo there's a Patrick Mahomes jersey on the on the front door in the backyard there's this humongous swimming pool in shape of an arrowhead and 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 Tom was looking and he he said God I'm I'm not trying to to be unthankful or anything but he said he said you know I was a, a six-time Super Bowl champion he said I won the MVP of the league and the Super Bowl he said and he said God even man I'm a Hall of Famer and he said he said, I, I'm not trying to be ungrateful, but why does Patrick Mahomes have a bigger house than me? And God smiled, and he looked at Tom, and he said, Tom, that's not Patrick's house, that's mine. <laughs> so for the Chiefs not making the Super Bowl, I wanted to give you a little consolation there. Turn to Psalm 100, verse 4, and, and this quote, I read it several weeks ago, and it's just really impacted me by Christine Kane. And it said, life is too short, the world is too big, and God's love is too great to live ordinary. Psalm 100, verse 4, says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 
And as I closed last week, I began to say that this verse, I read it at the end, Psalm 100 verse 4, that it begins to give us direction in our lives. It gets us to the place that we need to be living. It's like, like Paige said in the offering, that we need to be that place where we are blessed so much that we can't handle the blessings of God in our life. And, and, and to that place that we need to live, that God desires us to live, and yet so many times we often guide our lives hoping God is in the car with us as we drive, as we navigate. And let's be real, a lot of us get into trouble and we don't really get to the places that God wants us to go and then we get to the wrong place we want God to bail us out because we haven't allowed God to drive the car. We haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to, to, to navigate our lives. And if you want a better life, if you want to go from a good life to a great life, then, then you've got to not get into the passenger seat in the front. You just need to get in the back seat. You need to let God drive. You need to let the Holy Spirit be the navigator. And you just go along for the ride. Amen? And that's hard to do because, and, and when you're in the back seat, you don't need to be a back seat driver anyway. All right, come on. And so the first thing I want you to realize that we talked about last week is how easy it is to go back to your past. Because all you got to do is take a U-turn. You just take a U-turn and you go back to where you started, whether you like it or not. And the great news that, that I see in Psalm 100 verse 4 that he says two times that there's a remedy for always going back to your past. There's a remedy for repeating those cycles in your life that you don't like. And it's simply praise. Everybody say praise. 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 Hold on, Vic, you're saying there's not nine simple steps? No. It's just praise. And if you're trying to avoid your past, if you're focused on your past and trying to avoid it, if you're focused on what you don't want in life, then you're spending your energy on the wrong fight. Your freedom does not come from trying to avoid something, but your freedom comes by engaging someone, and his name is Jesus, and it comes through praise. Everybody say praise. praise. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. And Lord, I pray that every person will begin to walk in victory. Father, victory in their health, victory in their relationship, victory in their finances, victory in their spirituality, Father. That's your, your desire. And it's simple, Father, that we praise. Really, anything that comes out of our mouth is, is praise. But what are we praising? Who are we praising, Father? And so, Father, just for a few moments, Lord, let them realize that they matter. And, Lord, that they will really realize when they matter, when they understand the concept and the power of praise and worship, that adoration towards you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible says the first thing is thankfulness is the first way to enter God's gates. I love that. Thankfulness comes first. Because if you really look at it, thankfulness is the very thing that we probably in Western culture is, is we lack the most. 
How hard is it to stay thankful? How hard is it to go that extra mile and say, man, we appreciate you and all that you do in our life. Thank you for noticing me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for promoting me. Thank you for giving me a job. And I understand it's hard to be thankful when things aren't going your way. Amen? And it's difficult to find thankful words about something that is painful in your life. And that's why God challenges us to look higher than the situation that is in front of us. And thankfulness is the key that unlocks the blessings in our life. And thankfulness, more importantly, will lead you not to the blessings, but to the blesser. And when you learn to thank God for who he is, you will not be worried about what you lack. When you learn to thank God for who he is, he is provider. Then you don't worry about the things that you lack in your life that God will supply all your needs, Philippians says, according to his riches and glory. And you got to learn to take God at his word. And then you'll begin to see the majesty of God operating in your life. And thankfulness is the foundation to worship that brings breakthrough into your life. Thankfulness is the foundation that God, man, I thank you. And you fall down on your knees and you begin to worship the one who is worthy of your worship. And when you start to wor worship the one who is worthy of your worship, then you'll get breakthrough in your life. And you simply got to find reasons to be thankful. So many people want prayer requests and they want counseling and they want all those things when it really, and I understand the dynamics of it, but a lot of times you've got to learn to be thankful for what you have. You've got to go back to the fact this morning that God woke you up today because everybody woke up today that's here, right? Hopefully. Because as long as you're still breathing, as long as your eyes are still blinking, as long as your heart is still pumping, long as you have sensation in your body, man, you still got destiny and purpose in your life. You've got destiny and purpose in your life. And we've been looking at the story of Hosea and Gomer. And I believe Gomer was one of those people, why did she go back to her life of prostitution? Because I believe she simply couldn't find things to be thankful about. But what about you? What about you? We heard a statistic this week that said, I think it's, it was, and I could be wrong, I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but approximately 70% of children right now in America live in single-parent homes. And I'm thankful that my families are, are, are there to be there. And I thought, why wasn't she thankful? Why aren't we thankful? Because worship is not part of our warfare. And we need to learn from Gomer to see that thankfulness brings us into God's presence and thankfulness brings us into God's power. You know, New England Journal of Medicine did a study and it's amazing because they were talking about the most productive years of a person's life. And it was interesting because the most productive, when you are most productive in your life, when you are most productive in your life, 
it's 70 to 80 years old. So quit saying that you're old and you ache and you got pains and all those things. I mean, I was, I was with a guy yesterday. He's the retired police chief from, from Salisbury. He spent, I think, 38 years as the police chief in Salisbury. He's 86 years old. He walks three times a week from, from over by Keatsville to Salisbury every day. He says, I do get a ride home, though. And he said, he said Vic, I'm 86 years old. And he said, I have no aches or pains. And I was like, well, you need to lay hands on me because I, I want to be like you. And I thought, man, what an incredible thing. And then the second most productive years of your life is 60 to 70. And the third most productive years of your life is 80 to 90. Man, it's amazing. You've got something to be thankful for your, because your best years are ahead of you. Come on, say Amen. I can't wait to turn 60 in September. Man, I'm going to hit that second level. I am more excited about 60 than I've ever been. <laughs> Psalm 104 says, if you want to go deeper, it's time for some praise breaks in your life. Life is full of warfare. <coughs> life is full of warfare. But praise is your weapon. Hebrews 4.12 says the Bible is your sword, two-edged sword. And praise, praise is how you swing that sword that causes faith and hope to arise in your life and love and care and compassion and mercy. Praise is how you swing the sword. You want the word to be activated in your life. You want the promises of God activated in your life. Then learn to praise God in all situations. Let the sacrifice of praise continually come out of your mouth. Even in the worst situations, learn to praise God. Give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise and, and learn to praise Him. And you start swinging that sword and suddenly you begin to see God because you're cutting all the junk out of the way and you'll be able to see the one who is right there. Praise is not just necessary to win the battle, but praise brings us to those inner courts of a beautiful, almighty God. Praise is needed to wake up another day in our life and praise will take you where you need to go when you don't know what your next step is in your life. The problem is we got to learn to praise through our problems so we can see our purpose in our life. And praise will guide you back to God's heart even when you're hurt. And praise will move all the junk out of your way and allow the Holy Spirit to access your life once again. This here, I'm not going to take it out of the box, but if you don't have one of these, I'm going to give you marital counseling that you need one of these. It'll remove about 50% of your stress out of your life when you all are driving as a, as, a, as a man and a woman somewhere. It's called a GPS. Men, you don't even have to swallow your pride and ask for directions. It'll automatically give you directions. Just plug it in. And let me ask you a question. When does your GPS talk to you? It tells you where and when you need to turn. And you know, it's an amazing thing because it warns you ahead of time that the turn is coming up. Amen? And then if you make a wrong turn, what does it do? It corrects you. It says you need to turn around. 
But it's interesting because it can say, go straight after you merge left for 672 miles. And you know what? It never talks to you again for the next 669 miles. Amen? It's quiet. Why is it quiet? Because you're simply doing the last thing it told you to do. You're being obedient. You're going to the right place. You're going the right direction. And the GPS is not mad at you because it's not talking to you. It's not correcting you. It just simply had nothing new to tell you because you're being obedient. So let's parallel that. Not talking about your spouse. Hey, get your minds out of there. Trying to be spiritual here. With God, with God, sometimes you have to realize he's silent because we're walking in obedience to the last thing that he told us. And sometimes we allow the silence to steal our praise because we don't think God cares. No, we're being obedient. And I know God is not like a GPS, but the illustration is, is just because God is silent, don't miss this, just because God is silent in your life doesn't mean he's distant. And when we praise God, we are welcomed into his presence. And his presence and his voice and the word of God that's why we tell you every day, read the Word of God. If you, don't, if you can't take 10, 15 minutes to read the Bible, and let me tell you, don't you have to do, if you want to do the one-year Bible, it takes 15 to 30 minutes. But if you just read one story out of the Bible a day, it'll take five minutes. But read the Bible every day because it's our GPS in our life. And we must praise we must learn to praise God at all times. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This day. So we can recognize that pulling a U-turn and going to our past is not where God is guiding us. The problem is too many of us are making U-turns in our life where God would want to make U-turns. And if we get tired of making U-turns, then when you feel that need to make a U-turn and go back to your past, you need to stop and have a praise break. Give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. You just need to praise Him. And get your bearings back on where it needs to be. <clears throat> when God is silent, just praise Him. And praise Him allows you to move from logic to faith. Logic to faith. I did an interview, podcast interview with Dr. Mitch Harlan, Rod and Tony's brother, Sam's son. And we were talking. He was talking about this philosopher that got saved. And, and it's amazing because as I was preparing for this podcast, it's so much. You know, Joyce Meyer wrote an incredible book called The Battlefield of Your Mind. In Philippians 4, Isaiah 26, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, all talks about your mind. And having perfect peace in your mind. And that's where your faith, the word of God that you hide in your heart by reading every day, suddenly will overcome the logic of your mind. But you've got to learn to praise him in faith. Even if your spiritual GPS is constantly recalculating, everybody say praise. praise. 
Praise and faith, faith and praise, faith, praise, hope. Swing the sword with praise, suddenly hope will be released. And when you come back, you'll have faith. Faith and praise, you gotta go, will eventually lead you to the Father's heart. When you truly get to the Father's heart, then you'll have perfect peace where your mind stays on Him. You'll have peace that Philippians 4 says passes all understanding in your mind. But you've got to learn to praise. You've got to learn to break out of your situations and, and, and stop driving forward while looking in the rearview mirrors because, because you're going to crash. <coughs> rearview mirrors exist to help us avoid wrecks, but not lead us to our destination. Praise is the best decision that you can make in the midst of times, and trials, and stress, and confusion. Everybody say praise. Worship is the best decision you can make at any time, in any season, in your moment of life. Let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed... This morning probably happened that the enemy tried to steal your praise through distractions. The moment that you engage in worship, the moment you engage in worship, oh Lord, I love you, I adore you. Okay, Lord, I, I need to get the wings for the Super Bowl party. Father, I just thank you. Oh yes, okay. Yes, I need to pick up ice on my way home. For the Super Bowl party. Come on. I don't know if that happens to you, but it happens to me. And so what I do, this is just very practical. What I do is I carry a little, a little piece of paper. And when I think, okay, pick up ice. Okay, pick up ice. I don't have to remember that anymore. Lord, I want to go back to worship and you honor. Okay, yes, clean the toilet at home. Okay, thank you, Jesus. And eventually... I don't have to remember it because if I don't write it down, then I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, I love you, but I got to pick up ice. Jesus, I adore you, but I got I to gotta do this. I got to do that. Because the moment that I engage in worship, the devil works overtime to limit. He can't cancel it out, but he can limit my experience. And there's a reason that the enemy hates your worship. See, too many of us, when we come in here on a Sunday... We forget. We forget that Satan was the worship leader in heaven. And not just any worship leader. Listen to what Ezekiel says about him. He was the anointed cherub. Man, he got to lead all the angels in, in worship and choruses. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. Red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue-green beryl, onyx green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. Listen to what God says. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. Man, what an incredible job. What an amazing person. He was a, the expert in worship. He knew how to flow. He knew how to transition from a song. I mean, he was, I mean, think, look at it here. 
a mighty angelic guard. I ordained you, set you apart and anointed you, gave you my presence and my power. I mean, he was at the pinnacle of a ministry career. And we don't know why. But Lucifer became prideful. And for whatever reason, he allowed that, that pride to seep into his, the depths of his heart. And he was no longer meaningful in the heavenlies because of sin. Verse 17 says, your heart was filled with pride because all your beauty, your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you. God removed Lucifer not just from leading worship, but from heaven, perfection completely. So if Satan knows anything besides sin, and besides lying, and be by, besides being an accuser, Satan knows how to lead worship. But he just doesn't lead any kind of worship that glorifies Jesus. Because that's not his flow anymore. His goal is to prevent God's creation, God's greatest creation, which is you, from worshiping the creator. In two weeks, we'll have a worship workshop here. We'll have about 87 different people coming in from multiple states, different churches, different worship teams. To equip them to lead their people into the presence of God. So as I close, worship is what you need to focus on more than anything else. Why worship? Because God matters. Everybody say God matters. matters. Why worship? Because God matters. Because whatever you focus on, you tend to run that direction. It's not a matter of if you worship. It's a matter of what you worship. Because everybody on this planet worships something. And we've got to be careful of what gets our full attention and our full adoration. And you know why the devil hates it when you worship? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. You want to know why the devil hates it when you worship? I believe this is just my opinion. Yes, he knows the spiritual impact it will make on your life. He knows the spiritual impact it will make on other people's lives. But I think what it really upsets him is he remembers the time where he spent glorifying God in heaven. And he remembers how it felt. And he remembered the results. And he remembered how it impacted his life. And what it did for him. And even though he hates the worship of God right now, he loathes it. Because he remembers. It's part of his story. The good the great part of his story, the front part of his story, not the back part of his story. And so the devil is not going to, to worship God. Just want you to close your eyes for a moment, just listen. The devil's going to try to keep you 
from the power of praise. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy the connection you have with, with the Father God through Christ Jesus. The devil hates your worship of God because it reminds him of the glory in which he used to dwell. It what reminds him of what he used to have and what he used to be able to do that he can't do anymore. So whenever the devil reminds you of your past, you just remember your worship reminds him of his past. Reminds him what he gave up. And it reminds him what you still have. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you matter. You're loved. Allow your praise to become your pleasure. In a moment, I'm going to take a, just a break, and Kevin's going to sing a song that was just an aspect of worship. And as he sings that, I want you to know that you've been given a love from God that cannot come from anyone else. And when you give God your best and you give God your most passionate praise every time that you get a chance, learn to thank Him. Say, Lord, I thank you for the good things in my life. And Father, I thank you that even in the bad things, Father, you're going to turn those around for, for, your, for your glory and for my good, Father. And you thank Him that your love will endure for life. And I thank you, Lord, that, man, I'm just, this is just a stopping point. It's in light of eternity, this is just a flash and we'll get through it. And I thank you, Lord, that anybody that I've ever lost that became born again, I'll see again. And I will never, ever be separated. And Lord, I thank you that why I still have breath in my body, that my greatest years are, are to come, Father. Life is too short. And the world is too big. And God's love is too great to live ordinary anymore. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed as Kevin gets ready to sing this song if you've never asked Jesus into your heart just say dear Jesus I ask you to come into my heart please forgive me I've sinned as Kevin sings this song if you need prayer and, and, and don't it's not dismissal if you need prayer come up then I'm going to come up and we're gonna, I've got a video I want you to watch as we're going to close out but as he sings this song and then I'll, I'll step back up in a minute and I'll close the service out you need prayer just come up and we're just going to praise with you you can praise at your seat start small i just used to say hallelujah 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 thank you jesus you're a mighty god kevin go ahead
wife was sharing a story with me the other day she said you know five days after Josh was born she goes you probably she said I don't know if you remember or not she said five days after my son Josh was born she said I had you take me to church because you wouldn't go and she didn't feel like driving and, and she said you know I felt I, I no I she said I need knew I needed to go even though you wouldn't go, I went and I took my son. And so I want to encourage you, the you that are married, maybe your spouse won't come to the marriage thing. Maybe your spouse won't come to church even. I want to encourage you, sign up and you go and make it by prophetic declaration that as you go, say, soon my spouse is going to be sitting right beside me. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed because you're spouse. No, step out and go. And I, I got thinking about that. I thought, man, what a powerful word. 
because she realized our marriage mattered and she planted a seed in my heart because she went anyway even though I wouldn't go so three things as we get ready to close and if you need prayer these folks are up here to pray for you